0: You're listening to the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. Andrew isn't here today, but in his absence, I have decided to release Stalk, which is our third of six short stories by the Walter Kane Broken Pieces podcast from 8mm Network. So, for six weeks, we're having a bit of a short story takeover from the Walter Kane Broken Pieces podcast. And in the new year, you can expect the next season of the Cast Iron Theatre podcast, which we are busy recording right now. It's exciting things. So here it is for you. Enjoy. The room is small and concrete. There are no windows. A huge rectangular mirror is fixed to one of the walls. A caged bulb overhead provides a dirty yellow glow. Purple to the mirror, there is a long barren table. It is bolted to the floor. There are two metal frame chairs facing each other across the empty table. Both chairs are covered with the same dull brown cushioning. It is hard to tell if there's an original colour or just years of grime. stork is standing on the chair furthest from the heavy steel entrance. He turns to look at his mirror double. The black eyes look tired. The usually clean line between his white and black plumage is blurred by stray feathers that stick out here and there. His long pink, red beak quickly reaches back and makes a hasty effort to tidy himself. He regards himself again and twitches his head in dissatisfaction at the last minute preening. The large metal door scrapes open In walks Detective Murphy carrying a paper coffee cup and a brown paper file. Good morning, Stock. Thanks for coming down, Detective. Murphy is a tall human man with a rosy face. He is wearing black slacks and a navy jumper over a loose shirt with no tie. He has a slim build except for his pouch belly. The skin of his face looks soft and contrasts with his hard grey eyes. He places the paper cup carefully down on the table in front of him. He drops the paper file on the table next to the cup. He slips onto the chair, which creaks as he leans back. He slowly removes the plastic lid from the cup. Takes a short sip. And places it carefully back onto the table. Stork watches the alien process. Sorry, Stork. I would have got you a cup, but you people aren't on the coffee, area. That's all right, detective. So, Stork, do you know why you're here? No. Your men picked me up on 9th and Main. I was on the top of an old bright wood factory looking for nest material. They said they wanted to talk to me, and then they suggested I come with them and talk to you. Very obliging of you, Stork. The Brightwood Factory, that's downtown right. Pretty far from the nesting grounds, isn't it? Stork tilts his head to the left so he can fully regard Murphy with his right eye. Well, there's lots less natural materials around these days. Stork's voice has picked up a slight edge. Murphy smiles in fake surprise. Is there? I wouldn't be in the city if I could avoid it, Detective. You don't like your human city, Stork. Your city is good for your people, Detective. Murphy's concrete eyes watch Stork. After a moment, he slowly opens the paper folder and takes out a black and white photo. He slides it over to the Stork. You recognise this woman, Stork? The picture is of a young human woman in a light summer dress. She is smiling lovingly at the camera. She is clearly several months pregnant. Stork slowly twists his head back and forth, seeing the photo first with his right eye and then his left eye. i never seen her before. You sure about that, Stork? Don't we all look the same to you? Stork's left eye holds Murphy's poker stare. His claws grip the seat's cushion tighter. I make a point of not looking down when I'm over the city. I just came in for what I need and then I leave. I found that's best policy, really. Murphy nods like an approving father. Best policy. Hmm. Look, Stock. I know you think us humans are all the same, Stock. I see that look of suspicion on your face. You don't know deep down I'm just like you in lots of ways. All I'm trying to do is what's right by my family. The human family. Murphy leans back again and opens his arms as if addressing a crowd. You know us humans admire you, Storks. We really do. You take care of your family. You raise your young. We respect that. And I know you want to go home to your family. Don't you, Stork? Stork swallows and glances at the long mirror, at the unseen faces behind it. Then back to Murphy. What do you want, detective? You storks have a history with human babies, don't you? Stork doesn't reply. He stares at Murphy. His tongue is dry. You know the stories, right? A stork would come along and drop a human baby down a chimney. And oh, what a happy day. It was for the human mother. That's where they used to tell us babies came from. Can you imagine it? A stork bringing human babies. Stork swallows to clear his dried throat. His voice is flat. Those are old stories, detective. Old human stories. Because I was thinking... Murphy removes another photo and slowly places it in front of the stork. The picture is of a human baby swaddled in a white blanket. Since you guys are the human baby experts, maybe you could help us out. See, this little guy went missing from his crib a few days ago. It's curious. Murphy takes a slow sip from his coffee. Stork stares at the photo as if hypnotised and then snaps his gaze back to meet Murphys. People reported seeing a large board in the area at the time the baby went missing. And it is unusual to see your people in the city these days, as you said yourself. And then today, the boys spot you just a few blocks down from the mother's place, up on top of the old Brightwood factory. That's an interesting coincidence, isn't it, now? Stork's neck pulls back so that his beak is tilted upwards. Aimed directly between Murphy's eyes, he takes a breath to steady himself. I don't write your fables, detective. And I don't like having to come into your city. I don't know what happened to that human baby, and I frankly don't care. If you're not going to charge me with something, then I want to leave. Murphy smiles and takes a sip from his coffee. Stork uses his full concentration to remain motionless, to hold onto to the appearance of stony confidence. Of course, Stork, you're free to go. Tis just a friendly chat, that's all. If you need anything else, we'll send someone around to the... The barons that's where you people are at, isn't it now? Stork blinks. He twists his head down and to the side. Then he looks back at Murphy and forces a bitter smile, his eyes still burning with hot anger. He hops off the chair and walks around the table. He looks at the door and then at Murphy. Murphy's smile shrinks to a rueful smirk. He turns and shouts towards the door. Travis! The heavy metal door clunks open. Show this stalk out. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. Presented by Andrew Allen. Produced by Michelle Donkin. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our website is castironbryton.com. Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening.